1: We are very excited to welcome in some expertise from just up the road from the university of tennessee knoxville we've got dr alex scott joining us for a really interesting conversation about scope 3 admissions and sustainability specifically in our domestic supply chain space so dr scott thank you so much for being here today as part of our domestic supply chain summit hello
2: kaylee thanks for having me glad to be here
1: so the work that you guys do at ut knoxville is really important when it comes to kind of developing I guess understanding where emissions really fall in the supply chain space. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about where you guys play in some of that academic assumptions and academic assessments of emissions and sustainability?
2: Yes. So one of the big initiatives that we have over the last year or two is to uh, increase the visibility into the sustainability of the transportation sector, particularly the trucking, uh, LTL truckload sector. Um, as you know, it's a, it's a huge sector with that hundreds of thousands of different companies out there. So it's a big source of emissions and supply chains. And so what we are trying to do is give shippers and brokers and 3PLs uh, insights into the sustainability profile of all of these carriers out there on the road so that they can consider that in their decision-making. you got price, you have service, you have safety, which are all traditional things that uh, shippers and brokers have cared about but now we think sustainability should also be considered. So we are trying to enable.
1: It's no small undertaking, especially in the transportation space where supply chains are very long and very difficult, especially if you look at talking international supply chains versus domestic supply chains. You have so many different players and measuring your emissions, whether that's scope one, scope two, or scope three is very much not an easy task. For a while now, I think a lot of carriers have had a pretty decent grasp on what their scope one emissions are, what the things they're directly responsible for actually look like. But when it comes to scope two and scope three, things get a little bit murky. Can you talk to you why that is and maybe where some of that increased visibility really needs to be focused?
2: Yes. So the scope three emissions in particular are challenging and particularly challenging in the in the trucking sector is because there are so many carriers out there. So keeping track of this and getting that type of information is very challenging. Um, so if you are a shipper and you use a broker and that broker may have 10 or 20,000 carriers that they use. So how can that shipper then quantify their emissions of the carriers they are using uh, in their supply chain is very challenging because you have a couple layers and you have many, many different companies of which collecting and um, keeping that data is challenging. And so... So that is really the big challenge for Scope 3 emissions, and we are um, yeah, providing the insight into
1: So for that Scope 3 level, a lot of the, I guess, kind of willingness to track that deep comes from a regulatory standpoint. We're seeing more states now enact um, legislation that says you have to keep a hold of your Scope 3 emissions, specifically thinking about California and some of their most forward-thinking emissions rules. They tend to be a little bit more forward-thinking than some of our other states, and definitely more so than the federal government. But, as we mentioned, those really long, complex supply chains get a little bit murky in the regulation. If you are a shipper who produces something in California, but your components or your input uh, components come from overseas, you still have to track that as part of your Scope 3. If you're a shipper in California who puts your stuff on a rail and it goes to Chicago and then gets on a truck, you still got to track that as part of your Scope 3. When we're talking about regulatory environments like this, what are some of the kind of nuances in either language or regulation that comes out that really determines how thorough a shipper has to be in handling all of that data?
2: Yes. So this is a big challenge. So you have, I, I would say, four different directions this is coming from. One, you have rules in the EU that have been uh, adopted and are coming into play. Two, as you mentioned, California has rules that have been have passed legislature and is. Have been indicated by the governor that they will be signed. Those will affect pretty much every big company. Three, you have the SEC considering rules. We don't know what the SEC uh, will decide, but they are considering scope three emissions. And then the fourth is just um, voluntary pledges, right? I'm sure you've heard about all these zero pledges or sustainability pledges. Well, if you make that pledge, uh, what goes hand in hand with that is actually measuring those emissions and hopefully trying to hit those pledges. So you have this coming from a variety of angles, and you also then have a variety of rules and regulations. So the EU regulations don't look exactly the same as the California regulations. We don't know what the SEC regulations will look like. You have different standards boards, like one is called the International Sustainability Standards Board or the ISSB. Uh, So I've read through that in high detail. That uses another document called the greenhouse gas protocol, which is so that's another kind of. That builds upon the ISSB. And then you have this whole other segment. Uh, one is called GLEC, G-L-E-C. I don't remember what that stands for off the top of my head, but there's GLEC and, uh, and, and, and they, they I and mean, that also uses ISO standards, ISO 14,083, I think, uh, something like that. So there's at least three or four different standards out there. There's different rules out there. So which ones do we have to use? What is good practice for measuring your emissions? this is a really big challenge for for companies and i i've, I've read some you know there are seen complaints by different business um people that well what are we supposed to do give us guidance and uh and so i think there needs to be some standardization and that's you know again that's one thing we are trying to do let's standardize so think about the trucking space it's a perfect area for standardization tons of shippers tons of carriers why should they all do different things? They should all do the same so that we can compare apples to apples. Um, but yes, there's a variety of different rules and regulations out there, different standards. And I think we really need to get clarity on that over the next six months to a year.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: It's very broad, and that kind of broad and obscureness of it, as you mentioned, makes it very difficult to measure your emissions, and if you can't measure them, you can't manage them. And here in the United States, we'll bring it back and kind of cut out the EU standards because, of course, this is the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. We are now, of course, looking at a federal goal for net zero emissions by 2050. A lot of people say that that's not feasible. That's 25 years if we round up here, year, you know, to 2025. That's 25 years to get all of us at this net zero emissions level. And without having a true understanding on what that looks like from a transportation space, I don't think that that date is legitimately feasible from a national standard. When we talk about now reducing your scope three and getting there, it's scope one first, scope two second, then scope three third. For a company who's maybe looking to start that journey or or get kind of a grasp on what they can do to reduce their emissions, where, where do they begin? Is it looking internally first and then reaching out down their supply chain? Or is it kind of taking a broad picture and then narrowing down piece by piece?
2: Yeah, so there is no silver bullet, as you kind of alluded to. It takes energy to move something from one location to another. So somehow emission, uh, you know, energy has to be expended. And usually with that energy are some uh, emissions, um, there's things like electric trucks that are being pushed. You know, Does that work really in the Class 8 heavy truck space? Uh, I'd say that's largely unproven and several years off, at least several years off, if it's ever really truly a game changer. And the other issue with electric trucks is, well, they still have emissions. That just pushes it to the power plant. Um, there's other types of things like um, ammonia and hydrogen, which are being experimented with, but again, those are several years off. So the question is, what in the short and medium term can shippers do? Well, well, we can look at federal policy over the last 10, 15 years. Um, they called the Clean Trucks Program, where clean trucks have been mandated by the federal government and produced by manufacturers. Right? So all the big, you know, the three, big three or four manufacturers of trucks improved improved aerodynamics they've gotten weight out of the trucks they've improved the drivetrains uh, a variety of different factors to make these trucks cleaner over time so if you compare let's say a model a model year 2022 versus let's say a model year 2010 so 10 10 to 12 year difference right and in those models 2010s a lot of those are still on the road those have an emissions profile that can be 20 to 30 percent higher than the newer trucks. So newer trucks are cleaner and that continues to get better. And so to marginal aim in the short term, your emissions as a shipper, well, you can avoid those really dirty carriers, right? And so that is a a short-term strategy that can be done today. And that is one of the things we provide insight and visibility into is that you can now look at individual carriers and say, okay, I see the trucks they're operating. They are 20% higher emissions than these other cures. And so if you can avoid those cures or incentivize them in some way to update and clean their equipment, then that can reduce your emissions, you know, on the 5 10 15% level. Of course, I don't, you know, you're not going to get to net zero for some major, major change that we don't have in the near future.
1: So you're, of course, alluding to that visibility aspect of it. And you guys have actually created a tool to, allow companies to see more clearly into where they can find sustainable options. You guys have this fleet sustainability index. Can you talk to me a little bit about the creation of that index and kind of where it works, who it works for and the ease of access for it? Because I think that's something else that is kind of a limiting factor to people understanding how to reduce their emissions is they feel like it's inaccessible to either find data or find choices to make for cleaner carriers. The fleet sustainability index kind of removes some of those barriers.
2: Yes, absolutely. We've spent a lot of time in the last six months to a year developing that this and making it very accessible. So right now, it's a web application. Literally anybody with that can get access to it in their own homes or in their own offices. Um, and what this does is this provides insight scores uh, somewhere around 400,000 carriers. So if you want to look at the emissions pro- uh, based on the actual equipment those carriers use, right? So we are looking at their trucks, um, and scoring them based on their trucks and the class of trucks and the type of fuel that's you use and the, you know, those types of factors. And so a shipper or a broker or member can go to that web app and look up uh, any carriers they're using and they could get actual data on the actual trucks those carriers are using. Um, we have done this with uh, a couple of large brokers and the hit rates. I have, we have seen is in the 97 to 99% uh, range. So meaning they submit a uh, thousand loads. You're hitting 90, you know, not about 99% of those loads are turning with data that we can provide and is actionable and based on actual, um, trucks and data on the roads. So, um, you know, I, I think the solution's there now and that's literally only come out in the last month or two.
1: I love that. And how many people are now using this fleet sustainability index? And what's the hope for you guys to grow it into the future? I think that's a that's a good kind of place to wrap it up, right, is hopeful for the future.
2: Yes, yeah, so we have several proof of concepts that we've done with uh, you know, five to 10 different customers um, who have used it and have been, been happy with it. We think that this can be widely adopted. We think this can solve an industry-wide problem and it can do it very efficiently uh and and you know relatively low cost and so we think uh we think the solution for this industry is out there and so we hope for for wider adoption like i said we're it's early days uh but we hope to get
1: so as people are looking to maybe check out the Fleet Sustainability Index, whether that's to use it just for their own decision making or help you guys out by providing some more loads and some more data. Where can they go to do that? And should they reach out to you if they've got questions?
2: Yes, they can always reach out to me at my email, um, which I'm happy to provide. We also have a a website which is called uh, www.sustainlog.com or our name of the company is Sustainable Logistics, so sustainlog.com. You can go to that website. We have a web app there with links to the web app there um, that shippers can use. And, you know, my email is um, alex at sustainlog.com or scott at utk.edu, right? So so I'm here and easy to move out.
1: Awesome. Well, Dr. Scott, thank you so much for joining us for the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. And thank you again for creating now this very actionable, very accessible thing for people to see some of their sustainability goals.
2: Thank you for having me, Kaylee.
1: Absolutely. And thank you all for staying tuned for our Domestic Supply Chain Summit as well. We've got plenty more content coming up throughout the rest of our day-to-day. Thanks for that. You are staying active in our live chat there on live.freightleaves.com and enjoy the rest of the show.